Spotlights. You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 432. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink, also a person. You guys get ready for a roller coaster <laughs> ride, because we're going to take you onto a journey into Cats, the, the musical movie. <laughs> Meow, 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 meow. musical. It's me, British Kitty from the city. Yes. Why wasn't I in the musical? Okay. Oh, it's a great <laughs> question. We're going to explore that and so much more later because on This Week in Marvel, we talk about everything that's happening at Marvel this week. Movies, comics, toys, video games, and more. And yes, even cats. Yes, I'm Skimble Shinks. <laughs> We've lost it before we even began. But you know what? It's Friday. You're listening to this on a Friday. This week we're recording on a Friday. So you're getting double the Friday. Yeah. And it's a super fun episode because we are talking Avengers. Yeah. You heard of those guys. They're our friends and yours. Yeah. (laughs) We've got so much Avengers talk. We could do... Five straight episodes about alternate reality Avengers, but we are not going to do that. We're uh, honing in on some fun stuff, and we have some cool guests, too. Yeah, I got to talk to two amazing members of the sketch show Astronomy Club, who also, I just like know in real life, not to brag, but we're friends. Oh, my goodness. And also, they're very talented. And if you guys haven't watched Astronomy Club yet, it's so fun. On the Netflix? On the Netflix. On the Netflix. It's a sketch comedy show, and it's delightful. Nice. We also have so much more that we are hyped about this week, comma, including news in Marvel. Yeah. You know who uh, I was excited to see in my inbox this week? What's that? The Goblin Queen, a.k.a. Madeline Pryor, a.k.a. I wear a bikini that doesn't make sense. It does. It's like... uh, This way, and then that way, and then the swirl. That's what hell does. It makes your bikini stay on... Um, in hell, everybody gets that two-sided fashion tape, and that's how their clothes stay on. That's great. Goblin yeah. Queen, a.k.a. Madeline Pryor. She's coming back in the pages of Hellions in March. Very excited because I don't know what the hell, what the hell. No, I'm not getting it. Zeb Wells and Steven Segovia are doing on it, and I'm very excited to find out. I love Madeline Pryor. I actually really do love Madeline Pryor. because Her a, arc? Man, come on. It's so great. Come on. She's a clone of Jean Grey. Yep. She marries Cyclops. He dumps her because he's a doink. She's still like, but we have baby and we're living in this place and we're far away from everyone else. What is wrong with you, Scott? So what does she do? Make a pact with the devil and get bucket nuts. Yeah. Love it. I love a vengeance story. Yeah. Get get you some. Go Go crazy. And I think a lot of people were tuned into the big game this past Sunday. Of course, it was a, a raucous affair. But most importantly, we got two new drops from Marvel Studios content. First, of course, Marvel Studios Black Widow big game spot. And there were also a bunch of posters released. Four new character posters highlighting the family. You got Natasha Romanoff, Yelena Belova, Melina Vostokov, and Alexei Shostakov. Uh, say those Five times fast, I dare ya. The film, of course, hits theaters on May 1st, 2020. And surprising so many people, except for those of us who knew it was coming, we had a new big game spot highlighting the upcoming Marvel Studios Disney Plus series. It was like a one, two, three punch in 30 seconds. It had uh, Bucky Barnes opening it, just saying, it's time. And then you see Sam Wilson. He's throwing Captain America's shield at a tree. And then boom, 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 boom. Whole bunch of scenes going from Marvel Studios Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Marvel Studios WandaVision to Marvel Studios Loki. The Loki spot at the end. Like, I just imagine people screaming at their TVs and laptops and phones and everything when they saw that. So good. This as well you can watch on Marvel's YouTube and Marvel.com and everywhere else. So, of course, stay tuned because these shows will debut on Disney Plus soon. Marvel Studios Falcon and the Winter Soldier this fall. Marvel Studios WandaVision this year. And Marvel Studios Loki in 2021. Get wild. All right. How about how about this, Ryan? What were your top books this week from Marvel's pull list where you hang out with Tucker? Uh, yes. We talk about all the new comics out this week. And our top picks were Black Cat, number nine, Spider-Verse, number five, Star Wars, Darth Vader, number one, and X-Men Fantastic Four, number one. <gasps> Man, these are really good picks. Um, Great week this week. Um, also, you guys should subscribe to Marvel's Pull List wherever you get your podcast. That includes Pandora, if you're into that. And you can watch video versions on Marvel.com. Also, if you just want a highlight of all the comics that are coming every week, they do such a great job of going through all of them and letting you know what you should be reading, because there's a lot. Ryan, there's one thing I know about comic book, is comic book cost money. This is true, Lorraine. And you know what would be really good to actually get some of that sweet sweet cash back get rewarded when you buy that comic book whether you're eating in or dining out or buying comic book 
get rewarded. And you say, how, my good sir, with the Marvel MasterCard. Learn more at marvelmastercard.com slash twim. Yeah, you can earn 3% cash back on dining when you use your Marvel MasterCard at all your favorite restaurants. You can earn 1% cash back on all other purchases as well. And with cash back paid as a statement credit, there's no limit to what you can earn, all with no annual fee, baby. Isn't that great? Also, Marvelites, you're going to love this. You'll also get access to 25,000 digital comics with a free three-month subscription to Marvel Unlimited. That's how Ryan and I do a lot of our research for This Week in Marvel every single week. And uh, you can choose from one of six designs that have all kinds of cool Marvel characters on them and then start earning today. Yeah, terms and conditions apply, of course. Visit marvelmastercard.com slash twim to learn more and apply now. marvelmastercard.com slash T-W-I-M. Oh, and now you got that Marvel MasterCard. Now you're going to get busy reading some comics, maybe some Avengers comics, because it's time to talk about Avengers. Wee, 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 wee. Right. Uh, of course, there are so many alternate versions of the Avengers in the Earth 616. That is our standard Marvel Universe. But you think like Great Lakes Avengers, Secret Avengers, Pet Avengers, Avengers. West Coast Avengers. And Avengers West Coast. Oh, yeah. Dark Avengers, Light Avengers. No, I made them up. Uh- <laughs> I'm sure somebody's like, how about a Light Avengers? I only have half the calories of the normal Avengers. <laughs> Uh, Secret Avengers, Pet Avengers, all kinds of teams, but we wanted to look at a few alternate reality Avengers because that's kind of what we're doing on the show this year, tapping into the uh, Marvel Omniverse. That's right. You know, we like to detail each one of these realities with their own number. So it's Earth dash a number, and that tells you which universe you're in. So if you're keeping track of the continuity, you can follow that. Yeah. We've got some really fun stories. I'm going to go first with The Last Avengers Story. This is Earth 9511. You can read both of these issues on Marvel Unlimited. And it's from our short-lived line of quote-unquote Alterniverse series Mm -hmm. of comics, which was Maybe my favorite short run of of comics we've ever done. Wow. There's probably only like half a dozen or maybe a dozen or so. It includes Last Avenger Story. It includes the original Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe. It includes Ruins, which is basically what if Marvels was depressing AF and everything was horrible. Uh, <laughs> so that's your tone for Last Avenger Story. This is two issues by Peter David, the the writer, art by Ariel Olivetti. Ariel Olivetti most recently worked on the Thanos comic. Peter David has worked on Hulk and tons of people, X-Factor, many, many comics over the years. Ariel's art is beautiful. It's this sort of drawn and painted style. It gives you vibes of Bill Sienkiewicz. When you you look at it, he does some really cool stuff with angles and, and, and body types and stuff. And it's set 30 years into the future of the Avengers. Look. The book opens, like page two or three is Ultron. You don't know it's Ultron to start, but it's this like super swole, like slick, <laughs> human looking bald guy in a trench coat. And it's Ultron. And he breaks into a vault. The vault opens and it is Beast's fur hanging in one place. Like they just skinned Beast and, and just like put his fur up like he was an animal. You would at least put it down as a bearskin rug for photos. Uh, you see Silver Surfer's surfboard, Iron Man's armor, Juggernaut's helmet, Spider-Man's costume, Mjolnir, Vision's head, tons more. So that is like the beginning of the book. Then you go two years ahead, a couple pages ahead, and you're introduced to a brand new team of Avengers they're just hanging out. It's like no character we've ever seen before or ever have ever seen since. They're just hanging out. They're waiting for action. They're playing cards. They're doing all this other stuff. It's Avengers headquarters. Boom. The building is nuked. They are all destroyed. There's like 15 superheroes killed. That is how the book opens. That sets the tone for the entire story. Very cheerful. Yes. So from there, you get uh, the idea of like what's going on. You get an older Hank Pym. He and Janet Van Dyne are hanging out. Her powers are messing up, so she's perpetually shrinking. So she's like, by the time you see her, she's like four feet tall now. She's like even tinier in her it's normal just like size. my grandmother. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, and... You find out that Ultron is now working with Kang, a new Grim Reaper, and this other dude named Oddball. And he goes up to Hank Pym. He's like, Dad, we're going to fight one last time. He calls him father all the time. It gets real creepy. That's part of the theme of the story. He challenges Hank to this one final battle. And through the journey, 
Hank is like, all right, I'm going to assemble a team. I need to get a new Avengers crew back together. The Avengers squad in this book includes uh, Hank Pym, Jenna Van Dyne, Jesse Wingfoot, Tommy Maximoff, the son oh, of Vision and Scarlet yeah. Witch. Then you have the Human Torch, Johnny Storm. You have Cannonball, one of the X-Men. Hotshot, who's the son of Black Knight. Bombshell, the daughter of Hercules. And then Vision, Mockingbird, and a blind Hawkeye all play pivotal parts in the story as well. It is super dark. Lots of death. So much chaos. Great character designs. Big themes of family throughout. I'm not going to give away what happens because it's two issues. You could read this really easily on Marvel Unlimited. You could probably find a collection. There is a collection called Avengers from first to last, which includes the story in it. And uh, yeah, this was my pick. Yeah, I, I threw a couple in here yeah. that I'll, I'll touch on quickly. But first of all, sticking with the theme of bad stuff happening, I chose Marvel Zombies Earth 2149. It was a five-issue limited series when it was first introduced, but we meet some Avengers that are zombies. I What a spoiler. <laughs> what an epic spoiler from the title. Um, but it's written by Robert Kirkman, who we know is very good at writing zombie things, art by Sean Phillips, and it is super fun. Zombie Reed Richards tricks his ultimate universe counterpart into opening a portal between the two universes. That's a, that, um, I want to. That's an interesting point mm-hmm. to make. This actually spins out of the pages of Ultimate Fantastic Four. Yes, so it's yes, that like is the important. Ultimate Universe sixteen ten spins it like ties into this, and then this Marvel Zombie story like spins into all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So. We have that the Avengers have been infected with a virus that makes them into, you guessed it, zombies. Uh, the only real remaining humans are some of the Wakandans have kind of factioned up and they're like trying to live. But other than that, it's just the Avengers infighting because essentially they're the most powerful beings left. So they've eaten everything else on the or in their whole world. And so they have to start reaching out to other worlds so that they can eat themselves in other universes yeah luckily for them another hungry boy comes by and galactus is like nom 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 i'm gonna eat this and they're like "Ooh, big buffet yeah they eat the power cosmic and then they have um an unlimited intergalactical snack buffet sure it's like the entire universe becomes a las vegas buffet yeah oh and it's smoky and there's like salmon that's been sitting out for days and they don't care because they're zombies they're just like ah brains yeah and they are like in bits and pieces, like literally floating torsos with the power of cosmic, missing limbs. It's gnarly. It's so gnarly. And honestly, the art by Sean Phillips is grotesque and awesome and visceral. And I love that they do such a good job in this story of telling human storylines, even though they're like from the point of view of grossy zombies. You know what would be fun, Lorraine? What? In like two months. When we or have so, more zombie books? Maybe talk about. The other 80 universes and stories that spin out of this, because there's a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, there is. We'll, we'll get to that in coming months. Neat. Um, also, I want to shout out A-Force from Secret Wars. You guys probably remember Secret Wars recently from 2015. I do. But that is when there was a huge cataclysm between universes, and the world as we know it was smashed up into a big planet, which was a hodgepodge of places called Battle World. And in one of these Battle World places, there was the territory of Arcadia, which was my dreamland, a land of nothing but lady superheroes just hanging out, fighting mean sharks, doing the stuff that they got to do, led by She-Hulk, my best friend. And it was so popular, in fact, that it ended up getting pulled into the 616 universe. And it's just really fun. There are so many good superheroes in it. There's America Chavez, Nico, Dazzler, Captain Marvel, Medusa, Spider-Woman, and just like every female hero that you can think of is kind of just like Great. We have a Amazonian kind of society. I love it because it, it it is symbolic of what the Avengers have become over the years, too. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they pull in characters from all different families and it's all represented for all parts of the Marvel Earth. I love the spinoff, too. And we got Singularity out of yeah. it, which is really cool. You know, it's great because it's written by G. Willow Wilson, one of our original Ms. Marvel creators, and Marguerite Bennett, with art by Jorge Molina. So it's real good. Yeah. And last but not least... I didn't want to leave out an Ultron. So Age of Ultron, more Ultron. Um, I think it's funny, though. A lot of alternate universe Avengers have a lot of Ultron in it. Because he just, he's like a, a, a like a weed. He keeps popping up. He yeah, like, he's a bad penny. Yeah. He I mean, won't go away. He tastes like a penny, too. Why are people, he does. Yeah. Why? 
That is all. Okay. I want a picture. I want Ultron with like a sexy, like in a sexy pose wearing a t-shirt that just says, why? He just, he won't go away. Um, no. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Brian Hitch and Brandon Peterson. It takes place in two Earths, Earth 61112, uh, where Ultron has annihilated humanity and Earth 26111, which is where Morgan Le Fay has taken over half of the world. It's essentially like a big what if like, Ultron took over and killed everyone and everything and it's basically Ultron hunting down everyone you love and watching him destroy everything plus we get time travel we get the Wolverine team up that is so fun and messed up he gets to travel back and like make the decision like do we go back in time and kill Hitler you tell us (laughs) do we kill Hitler when he's a baby it's like that kind of storyline it's really fun the time travel of it all is is like sort of the crucial piece of Mm -hmm. like the the idea that Marvel superheroes go through time so friggin' much. Mm-hmm. They are dum-dums and they are breaking time. They are breaking reality constantly. The more they do this, the worse it becomes. And the consequences of all of this mucking about is in this story. And it's just like terrible, 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 terrible. It's also interesting, too, because it's kind of that look at what if technology did turn on us and we couldn't rely on anything. Yeah. Because everything, like your TV, your phone, everything is smart now. What are you going to do? You can't turn off the dark. Anyway, Ryan, what does that lead us to? Uh, We also put out a little uh, ask on Twitter to see some of others' favorite Avenger stories. And we got some good ones in here. There was uh, one from Now or Never Comics, which is a friend's comic shop in San Diego. want to give them a shout out. They've been open like a year and change. Now or Never Comics. Uh, at Now or Never Comic on Twitter says, Avengers forever for being a decade-spanning, time-traveling love letter to the history of the team that shows whether at their best or their worst, an Avenger is still an Avenger. I love this book. It's so So fun. much. It is, it is a lot. It is a lot, I will say it yeah. is a friggin' lot in the best way possible. So it's 12 issues that ran from 98 to 99. It was written by Kurt Busiek. And Roger Stern, Avengers like, you know, Mammoth Karpusik, of course, drawn by Carlos Pacheco and Jesus Marino. Beautiful art, uh, especially at this point in Carlos's career. He, like, there's something about the way he draws muscles that I'm like, man, everybody looks so cool. And he gets to draw stuff from all kinds of eras and time periods. Avengers Forever has the team, like, a huge team of Avengers journeying through time and space. It's got Rick Jones kind of at the center. So Rick Jones who was... Oh, man, just stuck in the middle. He's he's really just, like, pulled through all the Avengers nonsense. Everything. He's just like, oh, it's me, Rick Jones. He's truly the Morty <laughs> of the Avengers. It, it, he was at the site when the Gamma Bomb went off. That's why Bruce mm-hmm. Banner went out. He tried to save Rick Jones. He was, like... M- cosmically tied to Captain Marvel. He was a sidekick to Captain America. He hung out in Avengers Mansion. He's, yes. Stuff happens to this kid. You know? Uh, So, being at the center of everything, he was targeted for death by Amortis. Amortis is time-traveling persona of Kang. Uh, You have the former Zodiac member Libra, who helps Rick use his latent powers to summon seven Avengers across time and space. Um, Cool characters in this include Wasp, Giant Man, Captain America, Hawkeye, Captain Marvel, who in this story is Genus Vell, son of Marvel, Songbird, Yellow Jacket. Just read it. Yeah. Like it, if, if you're interested, just read a couple issues and it's see such if it's a ride. <laughs> and it's it's it, it's a huge love letter to Avengers and Marvel. We got another one in here from Gray Witten at L underscore Gray who says who suggests Avengers Ultron Forever. He says, I liked Ultron Forever from 2015 a lot. Alan Davis and company. And it features Danielle Cage as Captain America. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, and he says, I like all caps, killer robots take over the future stories. And it had time travel and British stuff. And it's from 2015. Writer Al Ewing, artist Alan Davis. Uh, so in this story, we're in like the 25th century. Machines, they're like, I'm in control now, uh, as machines would do. Listen to your dark overlords. Yeah. Humans are slaves at this point. Ultron is the all-father. His will is enforced by his own team of Avengers. And Doom, you know, trying to combat Ultron, he takes a bunch of Avengers from different time periods to save the universe. Team is cool. It's got Vision. It's got Black Widow. It's got Thor Odinson. But this Thor is cursed by Hela in armor to protect his tiny little baby brittle brones. Aww. Yeah. Uh, We got another Thor, but she's a lady. 
but not Jane Foster. Correct. Uh, we have Iron Man, who is actually Jim Rhodes, but it's the time period where the Iron Man armor had roller skates. Yeah, give me it from the, what, like early 90s? I think it's like 80s. 80s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Um, uh, Captain America, and in this version, she is, as we mentioned, Daniel Cage, the daughter of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and the Hulk, but a Hulk taken from time period not long after the gamma bomb explosion. So he's still like fresh. A big dumb. Yeah, big dumb. There's also one point where his head gets lopped off and his head is like lying next to his body. And then Bruce Banner's head pops out of the chest and he's like talking out of it. It's real freaky weird. Look, Al Ewing. That seems on brand. Yep. He's riding a Mortal Hulk right now. This is him just getting that appetite. He was just doing a a guitar solo on it. Heck yeah. Uh, Ultron being the big bad as he does. He's got his own Avengers. They're just going after anything that's not a robot. At one point, you see him, or multiple points in the story, you see him as the all-father Odin, and he's got the giant Odin sword. He's got what looks like the Infinity Gauntlet mounted in like Asgardian armor. He is... Scary bad. Yeah. Uh, We also got from at Frequency Comics uh, said, not sure if this counts, but I loved the Infinity Warps fused Avengers. It's such a strange concept, but it works so well on most of them. I did love a lot of these like Iron Man slash Thor. Thor. Uh, Um, Yeah. Iron Hammer. Iron Hammer. Yes. Soldier Supreme who is Captain America and Doctor Strange mixed together. Yeah, there's some really fun stuff in there. Yeah, it was like a twist of chocolate and vanilla on a nice soft-serve cone. Delicious. Vanilla or chocolate? Quick, quick. uh, Vanilla, I'm boring. Vanilla's better. Uh, And the last one we got in was from Loy Turns of 2020 at Turn1701E said, Would Morgan Conquest count? Love me some music, Perez Avengers. And we just talked about that during your big talk about Morgan Le Fay. It was the the Avengers storyline that... Uh, I suggested where they go back in time and they have the cool outfits and the names and stuff. Oh, yeah. All those sassy boys. Yeah, sassy boys and girls. Ooh, speaking of sassy boys and girls, you guys, I'm really excited for you to hear this interview with our friends from Astronomy Club. Jara and Monique are two wonderful comedians that I know from the New York comedy scene. They're so funny and so talented. And Astronomy Club... One of the joys of preparing for this was that I just had an excuse to sit down and watch Astronomy Club all day. And they're so, like... They're very keyed into pop culture and like geeky stuff. They have sketches about D&D and sci-fi and they have a shout out to the Avengers. And there's just like tons of that stuff woven into the show. And it's really fun. I'm so excited to have you guys in. Hey, Gerard. What's up? What's up? Hey, Monique. Hello. I'm really excited because I love you guys in real life, and now I just get to have you on the podcast. Yeah, this <laughs> Thanks is for having us. Cool. This is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm stealing all the Marvel stuff once I leave, so... <laughs> well, I'm curious. What are your Marvel origin stories? What was the first thing that got you into Marvel? Ah, I mean, for me, it was the X-Men cartoon in the oh, 90s. really? Of course. I mean, I didn't read comics growing up. I read, like, Archie comics. Yeah. Respect. I respect Archie. But then I loved cartoons so much, and so... The X-Men cartoon was awesome. Ooh, Mo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mo, I think I may be with you. Because I'm yeah. thinking about the first thing I remember, and I remember the cartoon. I remember the very first episode. Yeah. When Morph dies, man. Oh, oh man. wow. You really remember. Because I remember distinctive things from Shot. I remember that series. I think it was three parts. Yeah. And then later, my grandmother lived in the country, so we didn't have cable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, for some reason, the X-Men cartoon had like a special that was on the weekend. Yeah, it was, it was on Saturdays. Yes. So they had a special... And the only thing I could watch was that. I think all of us, you know, like of the similar generation yeah. <laughs> are yes. like, even before you're reading, you're like mm. watching cartoons yeah. on, on mm. Saturday morning. Yes, yes, yes. But you, Monique, are already a superhero. You were on Marvel Make Me a Hero. Yeah. What's what? that? What's that? Okay, so it was so awesome. I got to talk about if I were to be a superhero, mm. what she would look like and her power and her backstory. And I was able to utilize like, a lot of my own, you know, sensibilities, but then also, like, think about what I would wish for her to be and the things that she could do. And then an amazing artist drew it, and I have it. Oh, you have yourself as a superhero? Yeah. Um, I also like the name that you chose for her, Vibes. Yeah, with a Z. Vibes? Vibes. Honestly, that makes total sense. It's cool. Like, her superpower is that she can affect the room, which Uh. is essentially, and I'm not... 
not even saying that this bigs me up, but this is something I've been told that I do. I go into a room. If I'm in a bad mood, I affect it. If I'm in a great mood, I bring the room uh, up. But I'm like, what if I use that, which sometimes has been like a problem for me as a superpower? Oh. I like to use what I have already. No, it's so funny, though, because I I also did Make Me a Hero, and <gasps> I watched yours, and I was like, Monique and I are very similar. Oh, my wow. God. Of yeah. course wow. we are. Because I was like, I want to affect the energy of the room. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's... Isn't that funny? I um, like that. Someone is so dope. Yeah, you should do one. We Wait, what is, your co- you like, what is your costume look like? It's, um, so it's like a ninja balaclava over okay. your face, that's and then right. really tight, uh-huh. of course. Uh-huh. It's um, silver bodysuit. Okay. Long gloves, long boots. No cape, right? No cape. Okay. She's too dangerous. Stealth. Yeah, I agree. I don't believe in the cape. Um, Gerard, you've also hung out with us before because yes. you co-hosted the Wolverine: The Long Night yes. After Show. Whoa. That was that was very fun. The yeah. only difficult part about the podcast was I would listen to the episodes before they would air, mm. and then people would get in your DMs like, "Hey, man." Do you know what's happening? Do you know what's happening? I'm like, oh, just <laughs> wait for this. So funny. And then people would try to get, because we were guessing for the most part. Yeah. So we would try to guess who's doing what. It was like a mystery mm-hmm. kind of um, podcast. And then people would be like, no, I think you're right, but you got to add this. Yeah. And then their thoughts would get infused with mine. So I'm like, oh, man, who really thought of this conspiracy theory? But it was fun. It was so fun. We met a good portion of the cast, and there was one kid. He's not a kid. He was an, uh, an adult, but his voice was very young, and he was supposed to be so nice on the show, but I didn't trust him. Ah! I was like, this kindness, this kindness on a mystery is like, no, sums up with this dude. That's so funny. I thought he was the bad guy the entire time. Like, you're too nice, immediately suspicious. That's a true New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. And then he called in one day. I was like, I heard, I heard you think I'm a bad guy. I was like, it's you. <laughs> like, you know, I knew it was you. Take off your mask. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Love the after show. I loved you and Christina Harrington, our so former dope. editor, still friend of Marvel. Oh. Love her. You guys were so great together. I learned so much about comics, like about how to make them, yeah. like the approval process and just because I do buy comics. And then one of our teammates, James III, buys comics. Mm. Um, James doesn't read them, but he like preserves them. And it's so funny. <laughs> that is the nerdiest he, thing he I've ever heard. He does not read them. He does not read them. But a lot of people don't read them sometimes. They're like, oh, we hear this run is really good, so I'm going to just buy it and catalog it. And then I was staying with James in L.A., and he would buy a bunch of comics and just, in the morning, catalog them. Hey, man, did you read that yet? I'm not going to. Like, with a straight face. I learned so much of just about hearing her talk about the kind of comic book readers and then seeing myself and then James. It's like, oh, snap. The process is so crazy. Well, I'm really excited to start cosplaying now that I have. <gasps> Are you? Are yeah, you? baby. Now that I have money, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to like cosplay it up and I'm off to the races. Oh, man, that's so exciting. Who are you going to cosplay? Because I've always wanted to. Oh, I mean, I, I'm i not sure. You got to be Storm at one point. I do. I do. I feel like like an authentic Storm. Yeah, I feel like you would make a good Storm. You know what I mean? For Halloween, my dream for the last few years, has been to be anti-entity from the Mad Max movies. <laughs> oh! Love you it. Know? Yeah. And, but it's such an intense costume and I cannot find chain mail. So you I got to- hire somebody, baby. Exa- and there it is. There oh, it is. I, I got to hire somebody. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cosplayers do. You know, mm-hmm. like, once you get outside of the realm of, like, what you know mm-hmm. how to make, mm-hmm. you're just like, hey, friend who mm-hmm. makes things. And now you guys are on TV, so you yeah. have access <laughs> to amazing To amazing talent. costume yeah. designers. Yeah. Cool. But for superheroes, I'm I'm gonna definitely do Storm. You have to send send that picture right on over. Gamora. To me. <gasps> oh, I've always wanted to do yeah, that. So you would crush such a babe. Yeah. That's so good. Um. Also, you guys, I just gotta say, Astronomy Club, your show on mm. Netflix, is so freaking just awesome. It's oh, right. hilarious. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, when I heard that you guys were gonna be doing the show, my heart exploded because. <laughs> Like, I've gotten to know so many of you guys mm. on the team uh, just from the New York comedy scene, and yeah. you're all so kind and funny and talented. I it, Just, like, heart explosion. Oh, oh thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Just thank to gush you. a little bit. But I do think it's interesting because you guys have a really interesting origin as a team. Yeah. yeah. How did it all happen? You want me to hit this you one? Go. You tell the, it. The, the way, I'll chime in. The way we've been describing it is it's like James likes to <laughs> it's definitely James. <laughs> James likes to say that it is the black comedy Avengers is what he calls us. <gasps> mm-hmm. um, Love it. In New York City, uh, we performed at the Upright Citizen Brigade. There weren't a lot of people of color on stage. 
And James apparently auditioned, didn't make a team, so he was determined to put a black team on stage. And at the time, um, UCB allowed teams to audition together. Mm -hmm. So him and another one of our teammates, Keisha Zala, were like, all right, let's put out a way to find all the black comedians and try to put this team together. And we started rehearsing in 2013? Mm -hmm. I feel like we had one rehearsal in 2013. Yeah. And then 2014, we really started doing it. We became a team. We did a stage cat show, which I actually went well before. I was going to quit this sketch show <gasps> because I only wanted to do it for Black History Month. Yeah. Like, I did not <laughs> want to do it for a year. Mm-hmm. It's a big commitment. Yeah, it was a commitment. And I was yeah. like, I just didn't want to do it. And I remember saying I didn't want to do it. And I remember, like, if it's good for business, I will do this. Yeah. And Mo was like, it is good for business. Wow. And it ended up, and we ended up getting, we ended up getting comics to watch from that. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting the Comedy Central digital series from that, yeah. which ended up leading into Netflix literally from that, from yeah. that show. I wow. mean, at the same time, though, you say good for business and there's always an element of that because it's like we, I think, mean a lot to the community in mm. a way that uh, other teams have not. But it's also like I've been on a ton of teams and I love all the people I play with, but I love Astronomy Club. It's a very unique team and a group of people and group of friends to be a part of. So it's like yeah, you stick around for yeah. business, but you also stick around because yeah. you love us. No, but that's the beauty, too. And I, I always try to bring that up. Is like we always throw around this like family word. But to me, the the cool thing about it is, is that, you know, I talk to John James a lot. And like we will fight and then get over it. And yeah. I think that's to me, I think that's an important thing. <laughs> well, I think it is because I feel like there's so many times people try to like glamorize. And I'm like, no, we can have an argument on the team. We can have a difference of opinion. But yeah. at the end of the day. Everyone cares about each other. And yeah. also, it's like the work ends up becoming better because Mo will check me on this joke, you mm-hmm. know? Or Carolina step in and be like, do we have to say this word again? Yeah. And that helps our content. That helps our, our quality of our life. And that honestly helps me as a dude yeah. in the modern era learn, hey, this stuff is cool. This stuff is not cool. And the guys for us, too. You know? You know. So it's like, I like that a lot. And I try to bring that up a lot because if people keep saying, oh, it's always great. I'm like, no, it's, it's hard. But it's... yeah. But I like that challenge because we didn't break up like a lot of teams yeah. have. It's like we stick together even through that adversity, which is great. Yeah. Um, also, you guys do have like a ton of pop culture references on the show. Mm. What inspires you guys? It's like, how do you decide? Like, I love this and I want to make fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I really like genre, right? Mm. Like I love playing with what we recognize and then like turning it on its head. So like in improv and in sketch, we call mm. it mapping. Mm. I really love that. And so I feel like that's where I go just automatically. I want to be as more, I think, versatile as say like Braylog. Mm-hmm. He is really good at doing all different types of sketches. Yeah, yeah. But that's like where I live in my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, what's, what about you? I tend to do things that are like, I, I, I try to tend to things that are kind of black specific, like you for do, the black yeah. community and try to make it like palatable for everybody where like, if this is something I've heard at the barber shop or my aunts will talk about, I will probably try to figure out how to do that. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I think the beauty of our show is that like, Mo is really good with pop culture references. Caroline is really good with like, Something that's just insane. Like, yeah, like absurd. Just obscene, absurd. Yeah. James will probably come with something very sci-fi-esque. Mm, yeah. Shantane will do the He's hoodest. so smart. He's it's, hood. it's so smart. I it's love hood, Shantane. It's smart. It's yeah. like the most ratchet thing ever, but so smart with the point of view. Like, Shantane will send you a message at 2 a.m. because he's on Twitter now. Like, <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> he this is my thing. I don't... He doesn't have a Twitter handle. Yeah. But Shantae, literally this morning I woke up and um, and someone was tweeting about the show and like how, Amazing. what is very nice. People have been very nice about the show. And so he would tweet, not just the nice stuff, but the most ratchet comments ever <laughs> but uh, that are positive. And I'm yeah. like, first off, how do you have a Twitter? Yeah. Two, do we know what this Twitter is? And three, why are you up at 2.30 a.m. Yeah. just like on your computer? <laughs> I could just... And then Ray is just like our star actor, yeah. underlying. You yeah. wouldn't expect yeah. the great stuff that comes from him. And then Keisha's just so smart, Dad. Yeah. Keisha's, Keisha's smart Keisha. and so rat and like like ratchet in a way that I love because she's so raunchy. And I <laughs> yeah, raunchy is <laughs> which the word. I was very happy to see appear. You guys have sort of the reality scenes yeah. where you're hanging out as yourselves mm-hmm. in the house, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I want to know what Keisha's character is because <laughs> I've known Keisha for so long. Yeah. And then she was like. 
making poop jokes. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's my Keisha. Always give you that. Like she always does. <laughs> There's always an element of us, but yeah. just a little heightened. Yeah. Or I, a lot of heightened. A lot of height. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mo's episode when her throwing the party is just <gasps> Your insane. Beyonce episode that Beyonce, is. That Beyonce I, outfit oh, was insane. It was a fun, it was a fun day. I mean, in that series, I wear so many outfits where my body right now is like, don't do it. But I <laughs> am in it and I go for it. So You look fabulous. I'm going to say, oh, I'm gonna say listen, I've had some DMs is like, I think I told you about the you Beyonce. You did. I've got some DMs about uh, Monique, about who is this woman? Is, this? is she single? That one Bodegas and Dragons outfit, that is a birdseed <gasps> butt, just to let everybody know. Oh, not, <laughs> not a real butt. It's not my real butt. That's it an action butt. It is completely out of birdseed. It's crazy that it was birdseed. I never yeah. thought they would do birdseeds for a butt. Because it, it, f- it feels authentic oh, and like looks authentic. Oh. Yeah. But then it also broke at one point. Well, so there was birdseed going down my leg. <laughs> oh, man. You're getting all the BTS. Here we go. That day uh, was a rough day. Yeah. Because it was like 100 and something degrees in like Sun Valley. You had on Bercy. I had on chain mail <sighs> on my skin. Yeah, it was oh a my tough God. day. But what are some of your your favorite kind of nerdy touch points that you've gotten to deal with on the show? There was a sketch that was pitched in the room. And before we even saw the script, I was like, this will be a classic sketch. Like Mo came in and it was about, about, it was about edges. Oh, because I remember, I remember, because I remember we did the stage show. Is that a nerdy show. touch point, though? It's kind I of like an so ER. It's like like niche. a medical yeah, drama niche. show. Yeah. So yeah. you mean niche, like something that like niche or pop culture yeah. angle? Yeah. Because to me, okay. that's so like the people who get that get that. Like on our stage show, uh, Mo and Jonathan Braylock have an exchange, and Mo's kind of winning the argument, and then John, Jonathan goes. But those edges, though, mm-hmm. and if people in the audience knew what he was talking about, people would erupt with yeah. laughter. So the fact that there was a sketch to save edges that yeah. was like ER, I was like, this sketch is instantly going to be a sketch people love, and it is one of the most talked about sketches on mm. on Twitter because it's. I think when people see things that relate to them, yeah. and almost feel like it's never been touched on, it makes you feel warm, it makes you feel seen, and I think that sketch has done that for a lot of people. Like I don't have edges, yeah, but. I know my auntie's got edges. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, you. Everybody has edges. It's the edge of your I hair. The, I get the shape up, so I, 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 yeah. I, I smooth that thing off. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a nerdy niche one, and um, I mean, you, we have so many you have great some sketches. Time travel, right? Um, oh, Medea. Oh, yeah. Medea, yeah. Medea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Medea's the time Back travel. Back to the one. future style. Yeah. yeah. I think you love our show. I like. I love it too. It's, it's so. It, it was such a stressful thing, but now when you watch it, it's like. Yeah. It like it doesn't matter. All the stress of what went behind it, yeah. the whatever. Like when it's out, and like you can watch it, your family can watch it, people you don't know can watch it. It's like. Yeah. Man, we did something. You know what I mean? We put something into the ether, and like that yeah. is just. And we are very feel very attached to it because not only did we star and act in it we wrote it and then we executive produce each sketch so it's like Mm -hmm. if it was a sketch you wrote you were also the producer on it Mm -hmm. so it's like you had like final say on like costumes and makeup and what you wanted to see you talked with the director Mm -hmm. about how you wanted to see certain things so it's like really it was your baby you approved the edits you approved the (laughs) edits you know what i mean so it's really it's also i want to give up to irony point our production company and collabo Mm -hmm. for letting us have that opportunity and it's like what they're doing is they're allowing us to maybe go further with our careers if we want to do create more content mm-hmm. on our own we're like well skilled well versed yeah. in it i mean you've been for no, a long but time but, but just like yeah but yeah it's great because now we can say we've done it for a network but also it's a cool thing i think you know even as creators like when i think about like comics and stuff like that you want to control what you put out. Yeah. Like, you want to control every line. You want to control every image. Like, I think, like, for the most part, I try to copy off of Mo. Like, she had different <laughs> hairstyles. And at one point, it was like, I want, I want, to, I want to try to figure yeah. that out, too. So I think you want, you want people to see different versions of yourself. So, again, like, someone who looks like that or has that hairstyle, who wears that outfit, can feel like, oh, someone else represents me yeah. in the world. You know, I remember when you guys came together as a team and you got your like slot at UCB and like what a huge deal it felt like. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. and now seeing this sketch show, it's just like there's nothing like it. It's I know I'm fangirling really hard no, on man, you. Guys, I'm happy you but, like it because But I do. I think it's like really important and what you're doing is really, really cool. And like I saw it and I was like, I feel like this is gonna change things. I mean, Ooh. listen, I hope it does. You know? I, yeah. I think the cool thing is I think like, we're talking about nerd culture. Mm-hmm. 
I think for a long period of time, black people weren't allowed to be nerds. Yeah. Um, and I think for the most part of our team is eight of us, but we all come from different backgrounds, but we all kind of nerdy. And I mean, we do improv and sketch improv comedy. Is, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing nerdier you know, than like, hanging I out mean, with people and performing you know, for free. Yeah, exactly. So I think that is a cool thing where it's like, we don't have to be the coolest people in the room. We just have to be like fun and have fun. And I think it's something to that. I feel like sometimes mm. we're always expected, like if you're black, normally you're a stand-up, you know, yeah. normally you're a stand-up comedian. Um, but for us, I think, you know, Mo gets to do like on the episode when she has the Missy Elliott parody. Like she gets yeah. to sing and dance an episode. For instance, yeah. there's another one where me, John and James gets to touch on being a black actor and one thing. Yeah. Keisha has one where we touch on ASMR. And it's like we get to do the grand things that all black people can relate to and just people in general. Yeah. And to me, that is the thing I hope that we've affected and changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. You also had uh, Busy Phillips and Jillian yes. Jacobs, right? Yes. So Keisha is, uh, she's been working well before our show. Mm-hmm. So she was uh, working for the opposition for a while. And then she was working on Busy Tonight, Busy Show. So they had a friendship from that. Mm-hmm. And so it was um, a lot easier to, yeah. you know, secure her for the yeah. show because of that. Yeah. yeah. And Gillian, I think we had to... Um, we had to send the scripts and then she just liked it. And I, it's funny because... That's so cool. She just liked it. Either. The only thing that was really funny is our our teammate, hold on, roommate, our teammate, Jonathan Braylock, <laughs> which I, <laughs> I love. <laughs> but he's so... But he, the thing I like about him, his character on the show is pretty close to who he is too. <laughs> like he wanted to make sure that she knew that he wrote it. So he uh. would go around and start pitching like alternate jokes and stuff the whole time on set. I can't. I cannot. I <laughs> like can't. Like he was just, every time I saw her, you would see him like, would you like that take? Hey, what about this joke? You just saw him like, <laughs> I heard him say, I wrote that. I mean, I wrote, sorry, I wrote, you know, I wrote the sketch maybe <laughs> five times wow. that day. Like maybe five times that day. I loved it. He was so happy. It was great. I respect that though because it's really hard to claim stuff sometimes yeah. where you're like, oh me, I, I do nothing. I always try I to tag whoever did table. it. Yeah. Whoever did it, I'm like, anytime someone asks about uh, Magical Negro Rehab, I try to make sure Mo's, I try oh, to tag like so Shantae. Because yeah. that's how performers, like if we want to get a writing job, even though everything says Astronomy Club, but the yeah. thing is like someone championed that script. Astronomy Club is probably going to be one of many projects mm-hmm. that we all work on. Mm-hmm. And so it's just nice to... No. It's like you have to be a brand almost. Yeah. It's like you I'm have per- to you, me as an individual. Yeah, as an yeah, individual, us. like you have to, mm-hmm. like you have to do this. And the thing is, like even you know, Mo, you just said like I like pop culture. You know, mm-hmm. I like genre based stuff. Like right now, I know what your brand is. You know, yeah. like someone can say, oh, I need someone who does these things who's funny. Boom, that's yeah. that's the person. And I And that's kind of like why we're called the Avengers. Yeah, and you know, because it's not that we're Avengers because we're an amazing franchise that makes millions of dollars. Oh, we wish, we no, wish, we we're Avengers. <laughs> give it time. Give it time. <laughs> you're uh, you're like who would you be like? Ooh, that's see. This is my thing. I like to think of myself. I I would probably be like a Tony Stark. You know? What yeah, I, mean? I agree. I'd, I'd be probably the loud mouth, the one who like will speak for the yeah, team, whether or not it's like good or bad. But yeah. I do think the. I like to consider myself the middleman on the team. Like I feel like with everybody I can like deal with, we can get it done, and that's the the job that I have is to make sure it gets done. Braylock is Captain America. One hundred percent. Super idealistic. Ray is Incredible Hulk. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like Ray's Incredible Hulk. No, 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 no. Ray will be Incredible Hulk. Shantae is Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye. Yeah, Shantana's I can Hawk. see that. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Serious. Shantae is Hawkeye. James would be Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I that would give seems you, perfect. Yeah. I would give you. You are a toss up um, right now between Black Widow. But but also but this hit me out. But I was gonna say actually, I'm shaking my head. Really? Yeah. Hold on. I was gonna say a toss up between Black Widow and um, I'm Thor. I'm a, I'm foreign, baby. Oh, you Thor? Honestly, I'm Thor, baby. Actually, you're right. you're I right. thought you. I was like, right. I feel like you're right. Monique is gonna be Thor. I love actually, you. You're right. I love actually, you. you're right. That's what I mean. Because I was because because I, I consider Scarlet Witch so powerful. Because I feel like you have to be the one who can like trump everybody. I think Caroline is Black Widow. Oh, because I think she's like. Least expect. Okay, yeah, I give you that. That she can like kick butt, right? I give you that. Uh-uh. And she does kick butt. And then who would Keisha be? Keisha could be Black Panther, baby. <laughs> True, because she is like royalty. Yeah, she is. She's yeah, black she's royalty. She is royalty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh my god, this is smart. very fun. Marvel, thank you for letting us do this. She is super smart. Man, that would be crazy. I would trick out the Iron Man. Can yeah. can we get you guys all to cosplay as those characters? Um, oh, please. I would. Yes. I would. Or someone. Ooh, a Photoshop request. <laughs> One of our listeners. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Photoshop us and send it in the trailer. Way. Make us. I don't want just a photo. Deep Put us in the trailer. Yeah, deep fake. Deep fake. <laughs> Put me in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> Make me feel good fake. about myself. Well, Did we miss an uh, an Avenger? Well, also we have we have you know we have other teammates like to me you know like you know what our producers could kind of fill in some yes, of those places. We have like is. Dan Powell who's helped us a lot. Yeah, uh, he would be like Vision. Yeah, Dan Powell would be Vision. Yeah, and then Annie could be uh, Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and then who would Kenya be? Kenya would be. He would be Thanos just because he it. <laughs> Snap and it's over. Yes, he, he has so much power that it's like, it's like, you can, like, he's a good guy, but it's also like, Thanos, like, he's it's just so powerful. <laughs> like, there's moments Kenya would call in, and all of a sudden you would just, people, you're, you would hear a heartbeat because you're like, all right, man, is he gonna like, is he gonna like what I wrote? Is he gonna like any of this? Like, it's so much power. He snaps and that sketch is gone. You know? There you go. So wow. much power. I um, just had a great time with that. Thank you. Um, well, on that note, where can everybody obviously please watch Astronomy Club Ooh, yes. on Netflix? Yes. It is so awesome and so fun. Yes. But um, where else can people see you, find you, all that good stuff? Yeah. So if you're in New York, can I plug this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. If you're in yeah. New York, I still perform at UCB Weekly. Um, you can. Find me a couple times at a show called Ask Cat on Sunday nights. And then I also perform with a team called Airwolf on Saturday nights at uh, UCB at Subculture. We also have a podcast, Woo! me, John, and James, called Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood, which Very talks good. about movies and stuff like that. So you can find out on Spotify, iTunes, places like that. Which also is brilliant and funny and insightful. Thank you. Yes. So I, listen to it. And then also you can just follow me on Twitter and Instagram yes. at Gerard Milligan, J-E-R-A-H-M-I-L-L-I-G-A-N. Because I know my name is very hard to spell. Yeah. <laughs> I'll follow me too on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Nutella Cartel. <laughs> Thank you guys. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for having us. us. Yes. Oh my God, Lorraine. Yes. Oh, wow. We got to make ourselves adventure characters. I'm really happy about how that is. <laughs> so <laughs> All right, big thanks to our pals at Astronomy Club. Um, definitely go check out the show on the Netflix. Um, but uh, hey, Ryan, what's our question of the week next week? Uh, so next week, we're going to be talking all about the Gwendolyns. Uh, so we want to know, what are your favorite Gwen Stacy storylines? Who's your favorite Gwen Stacy? Is it 616 Gwen Stacy? Is it Ghost Spider, a.k.a. Spider-Woman, a.k.a. Spider-Gwen? Is there another version? Because there's some really cool versions of Gwen in various different alternate realities, which we're going to talk about. You can use your hashtag this week in Marvel on Twitter. Let us know. You can email to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Okay, one more thing, you guys. Now joining us is Tom Brevoort. Tom. Hello. Been on the show numerous times. I have. Everybody knows you. you they are do. A big muckety muck editor type. I am. And. You posted on Twitter after we had uh, tweeted about last week's episode, which was about our the end spotlight on yep. the you know sort of first run of the end comics and the current new run of the end comics. You chimed in with a little piece of information which I did not know about. Yes, I did, and that was that you helped develop and create the line. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, I, I came up with the idea, uh, such as it is, for the the end series and named named it the end. Oh, t- walk us through it because I had read to give you a, a little yeah. setup. I had uh, read Peter David's forward in the um, Hulk the End. Uh, I think it was the hardcover edition where yeah. he talks about Bobby Chase coming to him about doing yeah. this story. So, yeah. uh, and then I had seen your name in like all of the the end uh, credits, <laughs> but I see your name in so many credits. Sure. And I didn't want to bug you again because I know you're putting out a hundred books, but you have a little story. Yeah, sort of. Like at the time, and I'm I'm a little vague as to whether I think this would have been in the last days of Bob Harris, but the projects also like moved over into the first days of of Joe Casada as so, editor in chief. So it's in that that range. Uh, and I had been doing a lot of what we used to call fifth week projects. That every once in a while, in a calendar month, you get a month that has five Wednesdays rather than four because of how the calendar lays out. So there's an extra week in the month and. Consequently, we end up shipping more books in those months, and you need to make the books to be able to ship them. And so I had done a couple of other uh, Fifth Week events. I did Heroes Are Born the Return, and I did the Marvels comics, and I had done a couple of these. And so it was always something that I was thinking about, these sort of lines and things. And I had read a piece that 
uh, Alan Moore wrote, I think it was actually an introduction for one of the early collections of Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. And he talks about the fact that the thing that separates most serialized you know, comics from other you know, genre fiction and, and, and from that sort of import, and one of the things that Dark Knight did for Batman was that in any sort of mythology, the stories have endings. You know, you know what happens to Robin Hood at the end. His story finishes, and you never get to that in you know Marvel comics or superhero comics in general. Never get to that point because we always want to do another one next month. And so I thought, oh, that's a good idea for you know like a fifth week event or a lined thing. We do the end. We do the last stories of all of these characters, and you could even do it in such a way that if you cast you know cool creators. You could do the same characters by different people. That one set of guys doing their Spider-Man The End didn't prevent you from doing another Spider-Man The End a couple of years later with a different set of creators if it was their particular vision. So I, I pitched this idea and people dug it, you know, uh, and, and so it was going to be done not as a fifth-week event. It was just going to be kind of done as a thing that was being developed. And Bobby moved very quickly, I think, because she knew that Peter had the – I don't know if she knew that Peter had done the story, the, the prose story in the, the Hulk anthology or not, but she was obviously, she was editing Hulk. She had a good relationship with Peter, and she moved on that very quickly and lined up Peter and Dale to do that book. Uh, that book took long enough to come out that I actually finished it. So <laughs> I, I, I do have a credit in it, um, but I didn't do any of the work of putting that together. That was all Bobby's uh, work, and she was the first one to get there on the end. Uh, all right, somebody out there, go update the Wikipedia. We've got some uh, some some truths right here. Thank you, Tom. Sure thing. Uh, who makes this show, Ryan? This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Persia Berlin, Zachary Goldberg, Ryan Penangos, and Lorraine Singh. That's us. Yeah. Well, everyone, literally everyone in this room. We did it, you guys. Yeah. Uh, our audio development manager is Brad Barton, who hates all Gwen's. I've heard him say that. That doesn't seem like him at no, all. He's, he's extremely like so affable. Yeah. yeah. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio who has, she's so lovely. Yeah. We've got a good team. I'm very yeah. happy. Uh, and special thanks to, of course, Ultron for helping us clean up the airwaves. Comply to Ultron or die. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. Your universe.